Hey, everybody. How you doing? And welcome to episode number 115 of the John Riley Project. Today is Monday, March 2nd, 2020. We're broadcasting, as we always do, from the city and the country, Poway, California, right here. There's a mug that says Poway, California on it. Yeah, we're broadcasting here in Poway. I just looked out the window. It's drizzling a little bit. It's about, gosh, what time is it? About 1.30 in the afternoon on Monday. And uh, just wrapped up some work with one of my clients, came back, thought, hey, now I can put together a podcast episode before I work on one of my new projects. But Boy, we got a lot to share today, you know, and I talk about how this podcast is all about life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And we're going to talk about a road trip, man. And road trips are about pursuing happiness. Road trips are about exploration and liberty and seeing new things. And we're going to we're going to really break this down. And I hope you enjoy the ride with me. Um, hey, as always, uh, the, the John Riley Project is brought to you by our friends at PowayStore.com. Uh, they're our marquee sponsor and big shout out to our friends at PowayStore.com. But yeah, let, let's, you know, what's been going on with me? I, you know, I did a podcast recording last night um, talking about my, my March 3rd ballot and I broke it all down. I posted it this morning. Um, but I hadn't done a podcast in like a couple of weeks and I was ill for a while. And, and then I went on this trip, which I'm going to break down. And I got back from that. And I wasn't feeling good. So I'm, I just feel like I'm going to get back in the rhythm. I've been, uh, while I've been driving on these, on this trip, I was thinking about the podcast and getting all these ideas about episodes that I wanted to put together. And, and this is one of them. So, uh, first of all, I want just a huge shout out to the San Diego State Aztec basketball program. Man, what a fantastic season. That game against uh, Reno on Saturday night was just brilliant. Um, they were down 13 points in the second half. They came back to win it. Uh, Malachi Flynn was just spectacular. Um, on a day when Matt Mitchell had foul trouble, Malachi Flynn proved that he really is deserving of the Mountain West Player of the Year and potentially a lot of national awards. So what a just a fantastic season for the team. Um just it's just terrific, and um, you know the Mountain West Conference tournament's going to start up here pretty soon. Um, one of my uh, my friends who uh, actually works for one of my clients, his name's Ted. He's going to go out to the Mountain West Conference tournament in Vegas. He's fired up for it. He's leaving Wednesday morning, taking the family, and I know the Aztecs will be uh, playing. I think it's Thursday against the winner of Air Force and Wyoming. Most likely on Friday, they'll be playing UNLV or maybe Boise State. And a UNLV matchup, rematch would be something. And then Saturday night, you know, it may come down to Utah State. So we'll see. I mean, this is going to be a great tournament. I think the Mountain West Conference has improved dramatically, um, you know, from where they were at the beginning of the year. So the Aztecs, uh, it's not going to be easy, but at least they don't have the stress that they have to win the tournament to advance to March Madness. So it's going to be great. And then... We're all rooting for Nathan Mensa, and you know Nathan has a blood clot in his lung, and I think people are hopeful that he'll be back in time for the March Madness tournament. Maybe will we see him in the Mountain West tournament? I think we're all rooting for him, not only on a personal level that he's healthy, but um, the Aztecs could sure use him, and having a big rim protector underneath the basket would be great. Um, also, just a big shout out to David Leland. You know, I was just watching the ball game yesterday. I had it on in the background while I was, you know, taking care of business, the Padres Giants preseason game on Fox Sports San Diego. There was a ball hit in a foul territory. And David Leland makes this spectacular catch leaping. Um, you know, it, it was like a, 
a ball that was potentially a home run, but it was to the to the right of the right field foul pole, or I should call it a fair pole, I guess. But I mean, David Leland up there, man, on TV making a great catch, and and boy, that that little video clip is getting sh- shared with a lot of people in the Padre Twitter's community, and I think it's fantastic. So. Um, you know, David's going to be coming into the podcast, I think, tomorrow. Or we're trying to firm up the exact time, talk a little bit about the Mountain West Conference Tournament. So looking forward to having David Leland back. But, uh, yeah, just love seeing him making this spectacular catch. And I know a couple of years ago, his father, Mike Leland, was at a Padre game at Petco, and he made a spectacular catch in the stands, snared a line drive with his gloves. So the Leland family just making all these big grabs. Um also, I think it's worth shouting out to um, um, Kevin McNamara. Remember Kevin? He came in here and did the whole podcast uh, episode on the farm in Poway. That's the renovation of the Stone Ridge Country Club in Poway. They just had a community forum yesterday uh, at Painted Rock Elementary here in Poway talking to the community about um, you know the proposal and some of the uh, the evolutions of that proposal. I think I think this is going to start moving quick here pretty pretty soon. I think the city council is likely to approve it for the ballot. You know, sometime in I think April, and then I think this is going to come to a vote in November. So. Kevin, you know, doing the community work, getting out there, sharing the news. Um, but I, I didn't attend that event. I figured we had a like a three-hour podcast. We went through the whole thing. Uh, so uh, let's see how that plays out. Um, and then, oh, the other thing that I've just – okay, I, I'm a nerd. I, I, I love binge-watching. I'm back-watching Battlestar Galactica. I don't know if you've seen this show, but – it is a extremely well done television series. You know, they had the original Battlestar Galactica back in the late seventies, early eighties. This is the remake that came out, I think, in two thousand and three, and then went for I think four seasons. Um, I watched it when it was on Netflix about four years ago or so, and loved it. Um, this is a science fiction series that involves, um, uh, of course, you know. Uh, space exploration and alien life forms, but it also involves um, uh, religion, history, military, government formation, politics, culture. Um, just it's just a really deep show um, that I I just loved. And so one of my buddies from high school, I was talking to him online, and he is saying that he was watching it again. And I was fired up for him, like, hey, right on. And we were making jokes about Andrew Yang because, you know, the uh, the nemesis in Battlestar Galactica are the Cylons, which are this essentially artificial intelligence robots that that crush the, the, the human race or attempt to crush the human race. Um, and uh, – at any rate, he says, yeah, there's a, there's an accompanying podcast to it and they have guests on it. And sometimes Edward James almost is one of the guests on the podcast. And, and you can watch it. You know, they have a podcast episode for every television episode. And I was like, oh, my God. So um, I was totally reliving that. Um, I am now just about done with season two. And I watched a lot of it when I was on my trip. And also when I wasn't feeling well, I was able to catch a few episodes, too. But I, I can't encourage you to watch it. Um, it it's a great show. Um, it's 
it's on, it's for free. You can go if you go to sci-fi.com and that's syfy.com um, on the website and also on the sci-fi app. You can watch this series for free. You don't need to subscribe or even have login credentials. You can just um, you can just watch it. So um, I encourage you to check that out. Um, but I'm having a great time with it. Okay, so let's talk about this trip. And um, this is uh, it's kind of an interesting story because. For me, um, yeah, th- th- this th- this was an opportunity that I, I want. I love going on these 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 road trips uh, in my electric car, especially because I, I just nerd out, I geek out on this whole notion of electric vehicles and long distance drives. Because you know, I charge my car at home and I drive everywhere I need to go. I have a Hyundai Kona, and it gets two hundred fifty eight miles on a full charge. But the way that I drive, I can often get. 300 miles or more um, just by the style of driving because I like the the gamification of it. And so the whole idea of going on a road trip, going into some desolate areas where there are very few charging stations and then being able to plot my course, it's like like a treasure map. You know, because if you get in a gas car and you want to drive anywhere, you don't even think about you know, planning to refuel because there's a gas station on every exit just about. But in an electric vehicle, there are very few charging stations that exist today. Now, they're adding more and it's growing and it's building, but those high-speed charging stations in the metropolitan urban areas, there's a lot, and suburban, especially in California. But once you get out to the rural areas, the mountain areas, once you get into some states outside of California, it really, really thins out. And so I was just I just love the adventure of that. I love the idea of a road trip kind of getting out of my, you know, my little cocoon here in Poway. Um, I had an opportunity to see some really important friends on this trip. And, and I also love the time alone. You know, this is one of those kind of vacations where my fine wife had her trip with her college girlfriends uh, back in January. And this is sort of my version of that trip. Um, and so, you know, we we were able to give each other that flexibility to pursue our own vacations, which is great. But this was a an adventure in the mountains, an adventure in the desert and really just kind of hitting the open highway. And in, in some ways, I, I had plotted it out. In other levels, I was kind of winging it. And I've been thinking about this for a long time and just getting really excited. Um, I've, I've done a number of these other kinds of adventures in the past. And, um, you know, I, I like to combine it with Airbnb uh, because with Airbnb, there's always these really extraordinary, interesting, unique places to stay. And I usually always have great experiences with Airbnb. And so I thought if I can merge these together, it could be just a really neat trip. Now, I did one of these once before where I drove my Hyundai Kona electric vehicle from San Diego to Albuquerque and back. And I'll tell you what, that was something. That was a crazy trip because. You know, driving your electric vehicle in California, no big deal. Even if you get into the desert in California, you can plot out the spaces to charge. You get out into the Phoenix, Tucson area. There's a reasonable number of high-speed charging stations. You know, a high-speed charging station will charge my car from zero to 80% in about an hour, maybe a little bit over an hour. Um, But once you get into eastern Arizona and all of New Mexico, the charging stations are very, very hard to find. And so plotting that out was like, 
you know, riding a camel in the desert looking for an oasis. Um, that was something. Um, this trip was not quite that extreme, but close um, the way that I did it. Um, but I've also done some other crazy things. I used to have an, I, uh, an IBM. I used to have a BMW i3. Um, i3 BMW, IBM. Anyways, I used to have a BMW i3. And that was my previous electric car, which was wonderful, except it had limited range. And these look like a baby Shamu, this black and white car. And it would um, get me about 80 miles of pure electric range. And then in that, this is, I'm describing my old car. I had like a little itty bitty motorcycle engine in the back um, that when I ran out of my electric juice, the motorcycle engine would kick in and have like a one gallon gas tank and it would just recharge the batteries so the batteries could then power my car. So that little motorcycle engine never really turned the wheels in my car. The It only recharged the batteries so the batteries could turn the wheels. So that little engine would give me like an extra 60 miles. They called it a range extender or a Rex. So fully charged, fully fueled, that BMW i3 – could get me about 140 miles, 80 electric, 60 gas to get where I want to go. Uh, but I wanted to take that on an adventure, and I took it to Las Vegas. And this was back, gosh, must have been about four years ago or so. And I remember I drove that um, electric, and I stopped at a couple of charging stations and re- drove it pure electric all the way up the 15 from San Diego, all the way through Riverside, San Bernardino, um, up through Hesperia um, and Victorville, made it to Barstow and actually got all the way to Baker, 100% electric in the um, I-3. And then um, at the time from Baker to Prim, which is Prim is on the uh, on the Nevada border, there were no charging stations at all. And so I was going to have to get as much charge as I could and then maximize that little gas engine. And I even brought with me like a one gallon gas tank just in case I got stranded. I never ended up needing it, but I got all the way to Vegas in that car with 350 mile drive in a car that only gets 80 miles of electric range plus that little 60 miles of of, um, gas engine. And that was something. And I you know, and again, I like to gamify it. I, I'll drive. I don't drive fast, um, but I'll try to maximize my uh, my energy usage. I'll draft behind trucks and do some creative things to try to maximize the uh, uh, my fuel economy on it. So I just kind of get off. As you can probably tell, I get off on this sort of thing. Um, I even drove it once up to San Francisco. And it was interesting is this was, again, about three, four years ago. Uh, you know, there are charging stations up the 99 freeway, but there were none along the five. Uh, only the ones back then. This is like three, four years ago. They've since put some in on the five. But it used to only be Tesla stations. So it, that was a bit of a challenge, too, getting my I-3 all the way up from San Diego to San Francisco. But now, you know, they're putting in more and more charging stations. Um and it's making these longer trips better. But still, when you get into the deserts, the mountains, and definitely when you get out of California, it can be, you know, you got to be careful how you plot your course. And now in my Hyundai Kona electric vehicle, I don't have a little safety net gasoline engine to charge my batteries. I just got up 100% electric. And if I don't make it, I'm dead. Um, fortunately, I never had that problem. So, um, but anyways, this trip, I was looking forward to it because I was going to be able to work on my projects you know, I'm fortunate that 
um, you know, my in my work life, I, I own a marketing agency. I do a lot of project work for clients. I do consulting work for clients, and I have a lot of flexibility, and I can do things mobile. Um, so I was gonna. T- I took some of my work with me on the trip. Um, I was also working on some things related to this, the John Riley project, um, on the trip. And it, I just like sometimes the alone time is really good and gives you time to think and kind of get away kind of a pattern interrupt and kind of break the ice. So time to think I really, really like. And I wanted this to be just a really no stress trip, something that, you know, I could sleep in and not feel rushed. And and so, you know, I really wanted to plan it that way. Now, the other part of this is, is that um, I was planning to meet a number of my college friends. And every year they go up to Tahoe, to ski right around this time. It's usually around President's Day weekend. And it's been an annual thing for, you know, these these are my old, you know, buddies from UC San Diego. And I've never been a big skier. So I've never gone on the trip because I didn't want to be like the only guy that didn't ski. And now granted, I, I've skied in the past, but I've always kind of felt, you know, not as <laughs> I felt a little bit lame doing it. And so I, it's, it's not, some, not something that ever really excited me. So I never went on this trip. But now as guys are getting older, you know, there's some guys that'll hang out and not go skiing, but they'll hang out at the lodge. And I thought, okay, I can do that. So finally, I decided, okay, let's let's do this. And and really it started back in September. One of my friends from San Francisco, he wanted to go up to Reno, Tahoe, because he wanted to check out the Harrah's um, car museum. And we went up for that trip. I think I talked about that in a previous podcast and we went and explored around Tahoe up in Kirkwood. And I, on that trip, I couldn't make it into my electric vehicle back in September of 2019 because there weren't enough charging stations along the way. Um, so I drove our old, um, 2010 Honda, Honda CRV, which we've since sold, um, and drove that up. And I went up the highway 395. I've never made that trip through the Eastern Sierras. And it was amazing. I mean, that was just a beautiful trip and a, just a really special area of California where, you know, it's not quite like Arizona or Southern Utah with the reds and the greens, but it's kind of close where there's a little bit of red rock or pink rock combined with the green trees, especially when you get to elevation. Um, so, you know, we made that trip and and we also, back in September, I, we visited Bodie, which is that ghost town um, that's kind of, you know, sort of near Mono Lake up in that direction. And I remember I posted a bunch of photos of that on my webpage, or excuse me, on my Facebook page for the John Riley Project. I had a great time on that trip. And... I remember telling my friend Jack, I said, you know what? I'm coming up in, in February when we, when we do this again uh, because I keep making excuses not to go on this trip. Meanwhile, these friends of mine, they've been doing it for like 25 years, actually maybe even 30 years, showing my age now. Um, but I've never gone and damn it, I need to go. So I finally decided I'm going to go. So I went on this trip and and it just turned out to be great. Now, since September... They put in a charging station, a high-speed charging station in Bishop, California, which is one of the, I guess, probably the biggest city along the 395 as you're going north. And that was a game changer. That that um, uh, that charging station in Bishop made it possible for me to take the electric car. And so I was able to plot out a plan. And originally I was going to, you know, 
there, the plan was to be up there for Friday night and Saturday night. And I said to myself, you know what? I'm going to take my time. I'm going to leave Thursday, get a Airbnb Thursday night, drive up Friday, be up in Reno or Tahoe on Friday night, Reno Saturday night. And then on the drive back, I was going to get another Airbnb on Sunday night and then just get home Monday. That was my original plan. Um, but then I, I figured out like, oh my goodness, it, you know, my, my son, he has a ball game in Palm Desert on Wednesday night. So instead of leaving Thursday, I left Wednesday. And, and what I did is I ended up getting my car fully charged and um, I had already booked my Airbnbs for Thursday night in Lone Pine, which is along the 395, kind of south of Bishop. And then I had an Airbnb reserved on Sunday night in Ridgecrest, California, which is kind of on the western end of the Death Valley, which is kind of, again, on my way home. And I thought, OK, that works out to be a pretty good plan. So. I ended up, uh, yeah, leaving Wednesday, went to the ball game, and my son's team won, and he pitched the ninth inning, and, you know, two strikeouts, no runs, fantastic. They won. My son did well, felt good about that. And then I hadn't booked a place on Wednesday night, and I was kind of wanted to wing it on Wednesday. That's part of the adventure, part of the exploration. And I had in the back of my mind that, hey, you know, I could go to that Morongo Casino, which is not up, just a little bit up the road from Palm Desert. And there I can um, there I can get a uh, hotel room. I looked online. They're about 100 bucks. Figure it's a Wednesday night. Who stays at Morongo for 100 bucks? And, oh, they have a high-speed charging station there. So this should be fine. But I, but I always had it in the back of my mind. It'd be cooler if I got an Airbnb, but I never really found anything I liked in that Palm Desert area. And so I just never really booked anything. And so I ended up leaving the game, double-checked Airbnb again, nothing I liked. I said, okay, darn it, I'm just going to go to Morongo. I get to Morongo, plug my car into the charging station, go to check in um, to get a room. I hadn't made a reservation, and all the $100 rooms are gone, and the only thing they have are suites that are at least $300. And I said, oh, the heck with this. I'm not going to I'm not gonna char- or, or spend that much on a hotel room. So I ended up, getting something to eat, going back to my car, unplugging. It only charged for like 20, 30 minutes and um, got back on the road. And I figured, okay, I'll, I'll stop somewhere. You know, my original goal was to get to Mojave because in Mojave, they had a high-speed charging station and I could probably make it to Mojave, but just barely. So maybe I can stop. You know, I didn't want to stop in San Bernardino. So maybe if I got over the hill, like Victorville, maybe. Otherwise, I'll just stop in land. Uh, Lancaster or Palmdale. So I start going up that way and suddenly everything's sold out. All the embassy suites and corporate hotels are sold out. And I'm like, oh crap, man, I just screwed myself. And then I started looking on Yelp and on Yelp in the city of Mojave was this little place called the Desert Inn. And it was a four and a half stars on Yelp. I'm like, really? What is this? And I looked it up and it's this little itty bitty roadside motel that you would think not in a million years you'd want to stay there. But I was reading the reviews and people are saying, you're not going to believe this place, but it's, you know, it's kind of old, but it's just really nicely kept up and it's clean and it's simple and it's inexpensive and it really works. And I said, you know what, I'm going to go for it. And I booked a room there. It cost me $53 for the night at this really old kind of, you know, it's like one of those motels from like the 1960s. But 
it was remarkably good um, for that price. Now, granted, you know, it, it shows its wear and tear, but I was like, hey, this worked out great. And so I stayed there and crashed and watched some of my Battlestar Galactica that I was telling you about and then woke up the next morning on Thursday. And that was February 20th. And I worked my way over to a um, the Comfort Inn in Mojave. And there they had an Electrify America charging station. And Electrify America is one of the main charging station brands. So you think in the world of gas stations, there's Chevron and Shell and Texaco and Mobile and all those companies. Um, Well, in the world of charging stations, there is Electrify America and EVgo and ChargePoint and Blink and... Um, I'm sure I'm leaving some other ones out. So anyways, there's an Electrify America station in Mojave, and I decide, okay, I'll just go use that one. And um, what's interesting is there, I, 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 I always pay with a credit card, and they have like a little thing on the front of the machine that you can just use a credit card, swipe it, and it'll start. But this one wouldn't accept the credit card. I don't know why. So I had to call in a customer service. They resolved it for me. And um, charge took me about an hour and, and away I went. And then the other kind of nerdy thing that I do on these trips is I also do reviews of charging stations while I'm on the road. And I have like a YouTube page. It's called Trigger Energy. And I do all of my reviews. I have like a ton of three and four minute reviews of charging stations, what worked and what didn't work and what was the area like around it. And then I also post that on a Facebook page I have called Trigger Energy. And I also post it in an app called PlugShare, which is the app that a lot of um, electric vehicle drivers use. It's like a database of all the charging stations for all the brands. And so I I share my review there as well. So I did my review. It's a little bit expensive. It cost me about 50 bucks to charge my car. And the Electrify Americas tend to be a bit more expensive than the others, but a lot of times they're the only game in town, depending on what city you're in, because, you know, they're only building out this infrastructure to a degree. Some cities, there's no Electrify America, but there is EVgo or there is ChargePoint. So anyways, it costs me about 50 bucks to charge. And like I told you, that'll get me about 300 miles, which you could say gas is cheaper. Maybe it's the same price, depending on the kind of vehicle you drive. But you know what? I don't have a problem paying 50 bucks for it because 99% of the time I charge my car in my garage. I have solar panels. And so there's no real incremental cost for additional energy other than what I'm paying for my solar panels. So I rarely ever pay cash for energy. Like going to a gas station is very foreign to me. You know, a lot of people freak out when gas prices go up. I have, I have no idea. I don't really care because uh, I always pay, uh, I always plug in my car. So here I'm on the road. I figure, okay, what the hell? I'm not going to nickel and dime this. I paid it. It was about 50 bucks. And away I went. And then I drove north from there up to Lone Pine. And I originally thought that I was going to drive from San Diego to Lone Pine in one go. And, and that would make a lot of sense. Um, actually, wait a minute. Let me let me reel back for a minute. The drive from Poway, and I went to um, originally from Poway up to like Temecula. Then I went eastbound from Temecula on the seventy nine, over the hill, dropped into Palm Desert, went to the ball game, drove up to the Morongo Casino just for a short time, maybe only twenty minute charge. Then drove from there um, up through San Bernardino over the Cone Pass into the high desert, into Victorville, then headed westbound, went through Palmdale, Lancaster, and worked my way up to Mojave. Like about 270 miles. And, you know, covered that 
very easily. Now, granted, I did get a little boost of, of energy when I was in um, at Morongo, but even with the wind and the hills and everything else, which you have to factor in when you drive an electric car, it was no problem at all. So that's actually a long way. You know, that was all 270 miles um, without really even thinking about worrying about charging. But when I did get to Mojave, I had very little left. I think I had maybe 15 miles left, but I knew there was a charging station and it wouldn't be a problem. Okay, so um, I drove up to um, Lone Pine, and I had already booked an Airbnb, and that was like about 115 miles from Mojave. And I still had to get all the way up to um, Bishop, which is still like another 50, 60 miles north. So I knew I'd have plenty of juice to get up to my next charging station opportunity. Um, but I, again, I, when you plan these trips, you got to factor all this in. And for me, that's part of the fun is is plotting it out. Now- Normally, when I do Airbnbs, I don't know if you've ever done Airbnbs, but I love them. I mean, the people that run these little individual places have come up with some of the most creative little spots, and they really will decorate their places in really special ways. And I always, always, always get my place to myself. I don't ever share a bedroom in someone's house. I always get my own standalone place, whether it's a it's a house just to me, or it's an apartment or condo just for me, or if it is like a guest house just for me, that's what I always do. But this time I decided I'm going to try just to book a room in someone else's house because I know that's a big thing in Airbnb. I had never done it. So I figured I'm going to try it this time. And so there was a guy that had a house there um, on Airbnb and it was nicely decorated. You know, it's kind of in a rural area and got a lot of great reviews. And I said, what the hell? I'm going to give this a try. And so, um, you know, I got there and it was great. You know, it was um, uh, this guy that ran the place. He's probably like about in his early 30s. And then he had a uh, like a bunkhouse guest house in the back where another young woman lived. And then she would come into the house sometimes to use the kitchen. Um, and then I had a bedroom to myself, a bathroom to myself. I was able to use their living room, but it was obviously someone else lived there. So it was kind of cool and sort of not cool, especially when you're used to having the place to yourself. But it all worked out fine. The crazy thing is, is the bedroom that I slept in was this obnoxiously bright colored sky blue of the pillowcases, the comforter, the the window coverings. It was like blinding. Um, but anyways, it, it all worked out fine and uh, got back on the road. And that was really inexpensive. I, I spent well under $100 for that room, which is far cheaper than I would pay at any sort of a corporate hotel. And I'll tell you this, I liked it and I got there, you know, midday um, and, and I just chilled and I was able to spend the afternoon. I did some work for my clients. I did some work on, um, you know, some personal projects. I got to watch some more Battlestar Galactica. And it was just like, relax, no stress, driving at my own pace, not feeling rushed, getting out of my comfort zone while still feeling comfortable. And um, it, it worked out great. Now, I will say this. I don't think I'm ever going to do a... Um, Airbnb where I'm staying in someone else's house. Because like the kitchen, you know, you bring some, you know, some drinks or some food and you want to put in the fridge and all their stuff's in the fridge. And I just like having the place to myself. And I'm going to continue doing that from now on. But I'm glad I tried it. Okay, so now it's February 21st and I wake up in the morning and I head north. And um, 
Actually, let me, again, let me reel back for a minute. Lone Pine, while I was there, um, I thought, hey, maybe I'll go and like go have a beer and hang out at like a, like a local, you know, kind of a cowboy bar. It was kind of desolate, kind of lonely. And I was like, I don't want to do this. And so I ended up just instead of like chilling out with the locals, I just stayed at the Airbnb. Um, the other thing um, about it is, is that Lone Pine is an interesting city. It's right next to this area called the Alabama Hills. And the Alabama Hills is this desolate area just west of Lone Pine, where they have these crazy rock formations, and they filmed a ton of old Western movies there, old John Wayne movies. And, and and I remember when I drove up in September of last year, I took my car out there and explored. And yeah, you see a lot of the scenes and you're thinking, wow, this looks familiar, like a lot of these old Western movies, which I've told you that I enjoy watching. I love these old Westerns. Um, and so there's like a, a, a museum there to, you know, celebrating um, old film and Westerns um, that, that it's all part of the Lone Pine culture. So pretty interesting little town. But anyways, the next morning, it was, it was Friday the 21st. I headed north to Bishop and uh, went and there was an Electrify America charging station there in Bishop. Like I said, that's the one that was installed that made this run possible. Otherwise, I never could have driven my electric car up the 395. I would have had to go inland along the 99 or maybe now the 5 freeway and up through Sacramento. And that would have been a really kind of boring drive. And this drive through the 395 is far, far more interesting. So I was so glad they put the charging station in at Bishop. So like I said, I just had to drive 57 miles north plugged in and then walked like, you know, a block away and there was a Denny's and had a Grand Slam breakfast and it was my birthday. And so I was able to get a free Grand Slam. And for me, I kind of get off on that sort of nerdy thing. And then um, and then I headed north. And I'll tell you what, this is when the drive gets beautiful when you're heading north from Bishop. And that's where all the reds and the greens and eastern Sierras, you start picking up some elevation. You drive by Mammoth Mountain. Um, you drive by Mono Lake. Mono Lake was something. Um, and you know, there was still, there was a little bit of snow up in Mammoth, but not a whole lot. Um, but it's just a beautiful drive. And I ended up kind of working my way up through, um, you know, the mountains and I got up to the city of Bridgeport. And I was originally in Bridgeport back in September. Um, that's where I met my friend Jack when we went on the trip to Bodie to the ghost town. But Bridgeport's, a, you know, along the 395, one of the bigger cities. And they had a charging station, Electrify America charging station that was installed, but was never working. And, you know, I like to go and check out the charging stations and do my reviews. And I went out there and I discovered that they had to put in a whole new transformer. And it was kind of crazy. But I went in and, and I didn't, fortunately, I didn't need to charge. But I did the review um, and then got back up on the road and headed northbound. I had to go another 65 miles up to Gardnerville. And Gardnerville is just south of Carson City. So I'm getting really close to Tahoe at this point. And so that means that I drove 212 miles on a single charge, you know, from um, it was originally in Bishop. And then I went, you know, from Bishop to 
Bridgeport and then um, Bridgeport up to Gardnerville. Um, and it was it worked out great. So I charged my car there and it was kind of like in a, a, a rally's grocery store parking lot. There they had EVgo, which is a lot less money than the Electrify Americas. Plugged in, worked perfectly. The EVgo stations always work great. Um, had a really nice conversation with my daughter um, and for about 30 minutes. And so it was a very pleasant time when I was uh, charging my car. And um, and then I had only 35 more minutes to get up to Incline Village. And so I drove the rest of the way there. Now, I probably could have made it to Incline with the charge I had in my car, but I didn't want to have to hassle with charging in Incline Village because it was going to be a lot more difficult, I figured. I know there's other charging stations there, but I'd rather just charge in a reasonably suburban area where I knew I can get a full charge. So got up to Incline Village, and I was going to meet my buddies for dinner, but by this point, I was kind of tired. I was getting in late, and so I passed on dinner with my friends because um, I think I got in. It was it must have been about 8 o'clock, 8.30, and I just wasn't up for like a big dinner and drinks and everything else. I figured I'm going to do that on Saturday. That's going to work out fine, and so I just hung out, and, and more Battlestar Galactica, and I'm really enjoying this time alone. And my friend Jack was supposed to meet me, and he ended up having food poisoning, and he didn't end up joining us until Saturday. So I'm in incline, and then the next, and, and and now let me tell you what happened from there. Now, before I do, I just want to give a shout out to our friends at PowayStore.com. Uh, PowayStore.com is this great um, online e-commerce store, and they sell T-shirts, coffee mugs, stickers, all with Poway logos. I mean, here's one of them right here: the the Poway, the city and the country coffee mug. Um, they've got. Um, other ones, kind of a clever ones to say Poway, the, the city that bulldozed the country, you know, because they're doing a lot of construction here in town. Some great T-shirts, you know, all various colors. Some There's actually a really cool T-shirt design. You know, we've been talking lately here in Poway about the uh, Big Stone Lodge, and they just had a big community forum on that. There's a, a, a Big Stone Lodge inspired shirt um, you know, showing the like a, a rendering of the building with a Poway trail and 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 a sun, and it's a really nice graphic. And so there's some women's design shirts um, just for that um, in in women's fits, um, as well as unisex uh, shirts. Uh, with that design, so there's about four or five different designs of of products that the people at PowayStore.com created. Um, but then they also have links to a whole bunch of other Poway products that are actually out on Amazon. And if you click on the link in PowayStore.com that takes you to the products that are for sale on Amazon, then the people at Poway Store, they get like a little, like I think it's like a 4% commission. Uh, that's what they were telling me. So um, there's a lot of neat things that are out there. So uh, go check them out. PowayStore.com, holiday ornaments, um, T-shirts, um, stickers. Uh, coffee mugs, all with various Poway themes, various different kinds of Poway logos. So check them out, PowayStore.com. You can also get on their email list um, at the website, PowayStore.com. There'll be places you can sign up and get updates on the newest product offerings. Okay, so here's when the projects, uh, the pro, the the road trip started to get a little more interesting. So now it's Saturday the 22nd, and um, I check out of the hotel. We were staying at the Hyatt Regency in Incline Village. It was a really nice hotel. Um, and uh, I had parked my car outside, and I had my um, my card, my room key, which I thought was going to be able to get me out of the parking lot. And I get to the little thing, and it, you got to, you know, they they check your ticket, and you got to pay. It was sixty dollars 
to uh, to be there overnight. I'm like, that's crazy, especially since I had already booked a room there. So I was able to find a um, a bellhop, and then he kind of helped me organize it, gave the man a good $5 tip, and was on my way. Um, and so then my friends were all going skiing. And, and I decided, you know where I really want to go? I want to go to Virginia City. I had just watched a Netflix documentary on Virginia City. Um, it's an old mining town. And, and I had just visited with my wife. We went and visited Butte, Montana, uh, where my ancestors had worked in the mines. And so I was very intrigued by going to Virginia City. And along, you know, I always hear about Virginia City as a, as a side trip, road trip when you're up in the Reno area. But now I actually wanted to do it. So I went out there, headed out, and it was it was awesome. I mean, you get there, and it's on the side of a hill, and um, you know, there's a lot of Samuel Clemens, Mark Twain stuff there because he wrote for the newspaper there under his original name, Samuel Clemens. That's when I think he came up with the Mark Twain pen name, and then he later on went and wrote. You know, he went to Calaveras County, and and he did a lot of other things, Mark Twain. But back then is when he really started writing for a newspaper as Samuel Clemens. So there's a lot of memorials to to, to Sam Clemens there, plaques on the side of buildings, the newspaper where uh, building where he used to work. But, you know, it's like an old-timey downtown. It's got those wooden sidewalks uh, where you would expect, you know, to see like an old Wild West kind of city. But, you know, a lot of the old saloons that are there are a lot of them had turned into tourist shops that not only sell um, Virginia City, you know, kind of tchotchke stuff, but just a lot of Americana, um, you know, you'll find like, you know, Elvis memorabilia and old Hollywood memorabilia and just all kinds of different things there. So the, the town is sort of turned into kind of what Julian is in San Diego County, where it's a place that it's a nice for a day trip. It's a nice place to have a day date with your your loved one or with a boyfriend, girlfriend or whatever the situation is. And you saw a lot of couples there. You saw families bringing their kids. It was kind of a nice little outing. Um, I ended up uh, going up there, had breakfast at a great little place. And I talked to a lady that lived there uh, and worked there. And I said, you know, I'm here for a few hours. What would you recommend that I do? And she said, what you really should do is go to the cemetery. I said, really? I, you don't think I should go to the museum or anything? She said, well, yeah, you could go to the museums. Those are all right. But if you really want to get a sense of the history of Virginia City, you should go to the cemetery. And so I went. And um, it was fascinating. And, and I did a video just on my visit to the cemetery. And this is the bonus content that's on my Facebook page, John Riley Project insiders group. That's the closed group on Facebook. You got to answer a couple of questions to get in. I let everyone in, but if you want to go see, I did like about a five or six minute video um, up there in the cemetery and you can see Virginia city and a lot of other things. And it was really interesting because I did it right near this one plot in the, in the, um, in the cemetery by an individual that was from Kindale, Ireland. And that's where a lot of my family, excuse me, Kinsale, Ireland. That's where a lot of my family is from. My ancestors lived in Southern Ireland before they went to Butte, Montana, and eventually to San Francisco. So um, it was really neat to see, you know, what these people have gone through and the, and the, the way they traveled and pursued their opportunity pursued their own happiness. It was a very different time than back in the 18, I guess it was probably the 1870s, 1880s, when Virginia City was really kind of happening. Um, but just fascinating. So 
um, really enjoyed that. And and then I ended up um, leaving Virginia City and I was working my way towards Reno. And this was, you know, Saturday, the 22nd of February. This was the day of the Nevada caucuses. And so on the news, I'm listening to, you know, I got Sirius XM in my car. So I'm able to like get a lot of the cable news stations like their feed from CNN or MSNBC or Fox. And it was interesting because they had live reporters and they're at these gymnasiums in Sparks, Nevada, or in Reno, and then you know, some of them are in Henderson or Vegas. So there was definitely a lot of that buzz going on. But what was interesting is that some of these gymnasiums where they had the caucuses, there were only like about 20 or 30 people that would show up. So it was really something. Uh, but everywhere I drove, I saw lots and lots of billboards for Tom Steyer. And I know he had spent a lot of money in Nevada and also in South Carolina. And he has since now dropped out of the race. So it was interesting to be there during the day when they're having the election. Um, and I ended up working my way back to Harris um, uh, in Reno. And that's where we were staying for Saturday night and was able to charge my car there. They had a charge point car charging station. It was a little complicated to get it going, but it was one of those level twos, you know, which basically charged my car. It would probably take about uh, maybe 10 hours or so, eight to 10 hours to go from zero to 80 or 90 percent. Um, but, you know, I'm staying overnight, so no big deal. I can plug in. So I plugged into the charging station and went and met my buddy Jack, and we were able to watch some UCLA basketball. And then we were all psyched up to go watch the Aztec basketball game against UNLV. It was being played in San Diego. It was 4.30 in the afternoon that day. And we had to go down to the, the bar where they had the, the direct TV feed and we can get the game. And that was the game the Aztecs lost. And, oh, that was tough to watch that game. Um, but um, at least I was able to enjoy it with one of my good friends. And then we went to dinner that night at Ichiban, which is like a teppanyaki restaurant. And there was probably about 15 of us that were at for, there for dinner. And, and these are guys that, man, you know, they were in my fraternity. They're guys we went to college with at UCSD and a lot of them live like in Orange County. Some live in um, the desert. Some live in L.A. Um, but these are guys that I, I see sometimes, but not nearly enough. Uh, I probably follow them on Facebook, but don't really get to connect with them one-on-one. -on -one. A bunch of them I hadn't seen in probably about a year and a half. Um, but uh, just good guys, you know. So it was really fun to re you know reconnect and kind of share some old stories. And, you know— it's interesting too, because when you're connecting with old friends, you know when you're when you're young, you know you grow up with them, you you share stories and adventures when you're young. But as we get older, you really begin to appreciate these kinds of friends more because they're not like your best friends where you see all the time. They're not your best friends that you communicate with frequently. They're the kind of friends where when you see them after a long stretch of time, you know you're all happy and shaking hands and reliving old memories, and it's all good vibes, good energy. But it was different this time for me because maybe it's just a sense that we're getting older, but it's almost like there's a lot more love. And, you know, it's, and it's, you know, bro love, right? You know, it's guys. But it, it's just a deeper appreciation that we're making the effort to see each other, a deeper appreciation that we're we're there, you know, that we're alive, that we are celebrating with each other, that we have our lives and, you know, our, our family and our children, and we share those stories and our careers, and we talk about the things we're working on. And 
we take the time to really listen and appreciate and really love. And I felt so good after that. Um, you know, these, these guys are special guys. And, and it's interesting because, you know, a lot of these guys that are on this trip with me, they're all very successful in their own right in their, in their careers. And it's interesting because no matter where you are on the, the, the scales in society, um, when you reconnect with old friends, none of that matters. And it feels good. So, I, I mean, I, I couldn't have asked for a better time um, reconnecting with these guys. And so and I'm kind of kicking myself for not going on this trip for the last 20 or 30 years. I should have been doing it, and I didn't. I always use the excuse that I didn't ski, but I really should have gone anyways, even if I was the only one that didn't ski because the the dinners and the drinks and the gambling. And granted, I didn't do much gambling. In fact, I did no gambling at all, which is rare. I usually enjoy playing craps. Um, But still, just that time was really good. So big shout out to my buddies, man. That was a really good time. So then um, Sunday, the 23rd, wake up. And I got to make my way back and I'm not sure what I'm going to do. We were going to get together for breakfast and some of the guys needed to leave early, um, catch a flight back. And I was driving and I figured, well, I better get going on the road. But I didn't want to go back the same way. I didn't want to go back down the 395. It's a beautiful drive. But I had done it both directions in September. I did it in one direction just now. I'm wondering, is there a different way? And I was looking, you know, you look at a map and a map is a neat thing because you, you, I love maps. I can look at a map and I just, my mind starts to go and I think about all the places I could potentially go. And I looked at the map of all the charging stations and in Western Nevada, you know, kind of just east of the California, Nevada borderline, there were a couple of towns kind of tucked away out there in the middle of nowhere and they had high speed charging stations. And I was looking at the map and I'm thinking, well, you know, I could plot a course and I could go through Western Nevada and then I could actually maybe drive through Death Valley, which I'd never done. I could maybe drive through Death Valley from east to west and work my way back to Ridgecrest where I already had an Airbnb booked um, on Sunday night. And I mentioned it to my friend Jack, and he goes, that sounds like a great idea. And so I said, it is. And so I did that. So he ended up driving back. He lives in San Francisco. He drove back home. And then um, I ended up going eastbound on Highway 80. And, you know, I, I remember making that drive when I was a little kid. My parents would drive from Burlingame all the way to Kearns, Utah. And I remember making that trip numerous times in our old Ford F-150 pickup um, and back when I was like 10, 11 years old. Uh, but I hadn't been on that road since then. And so now um, I'm on Highway 80 in Reno going eastbound, going through Sparks, and um, eventually got to this little town in, called Fernley where I took off the 80 and continued eastbound kind of through this these old kind of ranch roads kind of in a rural area where you, there's a lot of cattle ranching and farming. And then um, I got to uh, the city of Fallon and then I went south. And my goal was to get to Hawthorne. In Hawthorne, Nevada, there was a charging station. And I figured it shouldn't be a trouble getting there. I'll have plenty of miles to get there. And it's only 133 miles. So that's my plan. And again, remember, I'm always thinking 
about when's the next charging station, how many miles is it, can I get there? 133 miles, no problem. Remember I told you, my car, by this point, I was at a level two charging station, which I can get all the way up to 100%. I was charged at a level two charging station in Reno. Um, so no problem. Oh, and again, I have to rewind a little bit. I want to tell one more story about the, the charging station in Reno. The funny thing is, is that Saturday night, um, I figured by the time um, I was ready to go to bed, I knew my car would probably be fully charged by then. And electric vehicle charging etiquette is if you're using a charging station and you're fully charged, you don't just squat. You end up, you should just unplug and move to a regular parking spot so you open up the space for an electric vehicle. So that was my plan. And they had four parking spaces in this garage at the Harris Reno just for electric charging uh, uh, vehicles. And so I walk up there to get my car and I look at the four spaces. In space number one is a big um, SUV. In space number two is a big pickup truck. In space number three is another SUV. None of them electric cars, none of them charging, all of them squatting in EV charging station parking uh, spaces. And then there's my little Hyundai Kona on the far end, that it, the only legitimate EV. And I, I posted a picture of this on my Facebook page because there's a term in electric vehicles uh, with charging and it's called being iced. Um, iced is, you know, ICE, I-C-E, internal combustion engine. If you've been iced, what that means is that a gas car has parked in an electric charging station spot. And usually when this happens, it's one of two things that occurs. Either A, it's people that are lazy and just want to take an easy parking space that don't care about electric charging stations, or maybe they saw the sign but choose to ignore it. And, or maybe the rest of the parking lot's full and they just say, darn it, I'm taking the spot. I, I sense that was the case here because this was a busy Saturday night and they were using – and it was at a casino in Reno. That's probably the case. There are other cases of iced where you get these kind of assholes in these giant four-by-four four trucks that like to park over two or three – uh, electric vehicle charging stations just to be like a fourth grade schoolyard bully, you know, and just to thumb their nose at the electric cars. They're, they're, that, that, that definitely does exist. That's another form of being iced. Um, thankfully, that wasn't the case here. Um, but it was just kind of funny. You know, so I took a picture of that and posted it. But anyways, I'm on my drive and I'm, I told you, I'm going eastbound on the 80 through Sparks, through Fernley. Um, worked my way to Fallon, Nevada, then headed south. And the plan was to get to um, to Hawthorne. But once I headed south from Fallon and you're going through the desert of Nevada, I'm telling you, it is nothing. There's nothing there. There's very little vegetation. It's just sandy, hard rock Um Nothing. <laughs> Just unbelievable. And I'm driving an electric car and I'm thinking, I hope nothing happens because I'll be stuck in the middle of literally nowhere. And I remember getting up, I was getting a little thirsty and I wanted a little snack. And I saw like in the distance was a convenience store and a gas station. And mind you, nothing around. I mean, you look far distance off the road, you might see like a trailer or something, but definitely no 
towns. And, you know, it was just nothing. And so I found this this uh, convenience station, and and you're kind of looking around at the people there, and you're like, Jesus, you know, some of these people, you could tell they live in the middle of nowhere. Um, so. You know, you're kind of looking over your shoulder. You're kind of wondering if this is going to be an episode of Breaking Bad. <laughs> you know, you're not sure. Uh, so anyways, I I, uh, I got my snack, got back on the road, and um, and then ended up passing Walker Lake. And Walker Lake is this huge lake just north of Hawthorne. Um, and you could tell they were attempting to make it a ski resort. They were, you know, for, for water skiing, they were attempting to make it a, a, a campground. And um, they, but you could tell they were struggling because there's not a lot of people that drive through there. Um, then I eventually made it into Hawthorne. And um, there's 133 miles from Reno to Hawthorne, so no problem. Found um, a high-speed charging station, and it was free. Um, the, the the state of Nevada, their um, Department of Transportation, they fund these high-speed charging stations, which I told you I spent 50 bucks for one of them in Mojave, California, in Nevada. It cost me nothing, uh, which is great. Uh, so – and I sound like one of the Bernie supporters. I'm all excited about free stuff. So, uh, but it was interesting. Hawthorne, uh, Nevada, um, is this huge? As they call it, like the biggest army depot in the world. And you look around, and there are barracks everywhere, equipment, trucks. I mean, it's just like a, a storage facility spread out across this whole town of all kinds of army gear. It was, so it was something. Um, so I charged my car and uh, did a little review and boom, I'm on my way. And then, and the next place to stop was in a town called Tonopah, which is another 103 miles. Now, I could have made it from Reno all the way to Tonopah, but I would have been pushing it on my car. So I figured I was going to charge in Hawthorne and I'll go another 103 miles to Tonopah. I finally get to Tonopah. And the charging station doesn't work. I'm like, uh-oh, we got trouble here. And it was it was clearly defective. And I should have looked on PlugShare. If I would have, I would have read the reviews. And people were marking it as having not worked for the last week or two. And I get to the station. I'm looking on the screen. And it looks like a like an old boot-up boot screen from a computer with was running MS-DOS, you know, like a black screen with white characters. And I was like, oh, this is trouble. Now, fortunately, right next to it was a level two start charging station. Now, if you're not up to speed on electric vehicle charging stations, there are three levels. There's level one, level two, level three. The level three are the high-speed charging stations. Those are the ones that are in most um, desirable when you're on a long trip. Those are the ones where I can plug in and go from about zero to 80% charge in roughly an hour. Um, those are the ones I like to use when I'm on the road. A level two, and by the way, a level three charging station usually requires these big transformers and a lot of infrastructure to make that work. That's why, remember I talked about the one in Bridgeport, that transformer had to be replaced, which is no small feat. Now, level two charging stations are like what I have in my garage. A level two charging station is two, I think it's 240 volt which is kind of like um, you know the the high voltage that you might use for a washer or a dryer in your house. Um, it's not like a regular one ten outlet where you plug in a, a lamp or a computer. It's it's more heavy duty. It delivers a lot more energy. My level two charging station. We have a Clipper Creek in our garage, and we have it connected to solar, and it works great. Um, roughly speaking, on my Hyundai Kona in a level two charging station, I can charge. 25 miles of range 
for every hour I'm plugged in. So let's just say I'm at dead zero and I want to get to 250 miles. That should take roughly 10 hours. Usually I can do it a little bit less than that, usually about eight. Um, But I'm thinking, well, that means I'm going to be stuck here at this charging station for a while. And I had done the math and I knew I had to get down to Beatty was my next stop. And I said, you know, I think I had 50 miles of charge in the car. I knew I couldn't make it to Beatty. Ideally, I would, I think it was about 100 miles to Beatty. So I think ideally I try to have 150 miles charged. So I had 50 miles extra. That means I would have had to charge the car there for four hours. And I was like, oh, do I really want to sit here for four hours? I, well, I figured, let me just plug in and charge. Then I'll go across the street and they have like a little casino there in Tonopah, Nevada and a, and a little like diner. And so I went there, had a BLT and chilled out. And then I worked my way back to the car and I watched another episode of Battlestar Galactica. And then I thought after three hours, I looked at everything. I said, you know, I can make it to Bailey, uh, to Beatty, excuse me. And the other interesting thing was, is, is while it was only 94 miles to Beatty, it was largely downhill. And um, Tonopah had an elevation of about 6,000 feet above sea level, where I was going to Beatty, Nevada, was 3,300 miles, excuse me, 3,300 feet above sea level. So that means it's mostly downhill, which means I'm going to use a lot less energy. And again, if you're in a gas car, you don't think about this. But in an electric car, especially when you're at a charging station that you couldn't use the high speed one, you have to use the medium speed one. Um you know, this is, I didn't want to sit around for another hour or two. And I figured I can make this. So um, I did. And, and I got into Beatty. And my plan was, I thought I would have arrived in Beatty, you know, two, three hours earlier, because I wanted to drive through Death Valley and see it. Beatty is on the eastern end of Death Valley. Um, and I would have had to only go like 100 something miles across Death Valley through the desert to get to my Airbnb in Ridgecrest. That was the plan. Um, but by the time I got to Beatty, it was dark and I'm like, oh no. And I was already starting to get a little tired too. And I was kind of worried, but I figured I'm going to go use the charging station there. And sure enough, it's free, just like all the other ones in Nevada have been for me. And I went into Denny's, got a grand slam, chilling out and, um, uh, just looking around. It was interesting. They had a casino there in Beatty and it's like, kind of like a border town. So a lot of older people from California, you, you could tell had kind of made the trip in and, you know, older folks with the slot machines and, and, um, and they had this amazing candy store, um, that was there that they do a lot of their, they make their own candy. And I got a bag of, um, of Caterpillar gummies, which was wonderful, a really nice thing to munch on when you're on your trip. Um, and I decided, you know what, I'm going to go for it. So I, I charged my car. It was 131 miles to go to get to my uh, to my Airbnb in Ridgecrest. I was going to have to go through Death Valley at dark. And I figured, okay, no big deal. But anyways, I started driving and um, you start going from 3,300 uh, feet above sea level in Beatty and Death Valley is below sea level. So when I started going into Death Valley, I went down and it was dark. I couldn't see much. The road is like 35, 45 miles an hour is all I could go. And in every direction, it's dark. There are no cities. There are no towns. There's no streetlights. There's very few cars that are on the road. You just have a little bit of ambient light from the stars and the moon. And it's dark and you keep going down and you go down and down and down and you are going downhill, um, working your way all the way down to the bottom of 
Death Valley. And I finally got down there to the bottom and there was like a little hotel and a general store that were dimly lit. And I worked my way back up and eventually got to Ridgecrest, got to my Airbnb. And this Airbnb, which I'm about to tell you about, was fa- it was fabulous. But by the time I got there, it was dark. It was nighttime. I was tired. Went into the um, – and this was like a, uh, a guest house, a bunk house on a property in Ridgecrest. Crashed. Woke up the next morning. And um, and then, wow, I got to really experience that Airbnb. So, again, I just slept in on Monday, the 24th. No stress, no worries. And um, just a chill trip, man. You know, even though I had a little bit of a curveball thrown at me in Tonopah, no problem. Well, I'll tell you what, this Airbnb in Ridgecrest was unbelievable. It was awesome. I did a video just on this Airbnb in my Facebook John Riley Project Insiders Group Facebook group, which I say, go there. You can you have to answer a few questions to get in. I let everyone in. I have a bonus content, a bonus video there. But the short story is, is that this it was a tiny house. I think I'm betting it was built from a, a shipping container that they had put in a bed and a little shower and a little sink, and it was good enough to crash in. But just outside of it, they had built like this village. There was a saloon, a general store, a, um, a, uh, um, a bonfire pit, gaming area, this really, really unique bathroom that was built into a water tank. It was crazy. So um, I really encourage you to check out that video. These people did a great job um, as an Airbnb host because they make it fun. They make it interesting. They add a lot of character, a lot of flair, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of artistry to make the stay special. It was fantastic. Um, and imagine in Ridgecrest in the middle of Nowheresville, um, in the video, you'll see I, I, I show the camera over the backyard fence and there's like nothing out there. But this place was crazy interesting. Um, and you know, depending on your circumstances, I mean, this is, wasn't like a corporate safe hotel, like an embassy suites. This was an adventure, but a really cool adventure. So um, did that and then um, got back on the road, went 80 mile, 89 miles south to the mall in Victor Valley. And there they had an EVgo charging station plugged in there, got fully charged, got a little something to eat. And then boom, on my way back home, 123 miles back to Poway. And that was the end of my trip. And and I had a great time. You know, I saw um, my really good friend Jack, uh, but I saw a lot of other friends who I hadn't seen in a while that I really, really appreciated reconnecting with them, really kind of felt a, a, a stronger sense of love, which was cool. Um, and um, love the time alone, um, love the time to think. I listened to a bunch of really interesting podcasts on the drive, saw some amazing things, did some exploration, went off the beaten path, um, love the, the treasure hunt of finding charging stations along the way, love the adventure of the Airbnbs along the way, loved a little bit of winging it and discovering a 4.5 out of 5 star hotel on Yelp that's a little dingy roadside motel that actually wasn't too bad. Um, so I had a, just a really interesting trip, and I'm really happy I did that. And I need to do that more and more often. I did a number of those kinds of trips last year. 
Um, I'm going to try to do a lot more again this year. Sometimes I'm able to combine it with some of my ancestry research. Um, sometimes I'm able to combine it with seeing other parts of the of the Southwest that I've never been. And um, I, I just love the spirit of it, the adventure of it. Um, and, and these are things that I can do on my own. And I, I'll do trips with my wife and she kind of has a different style of traveling. She doesn't like to wing it. She likes to stay in more comfortable, stable places. Uh, but when I'm on my own, I can do these kinds of crazy adventures and just completely geek out on everything, uh, on the electric vehicles, the charging stations, the Airbnbs, the scenery, the adventure, um, the the crazy locales like the cemetery in Virginia City and the army depots in Hawthorne, Nevada, and ah, just was awesome. Just loved it. Um, so if you, if you want to talk more about this sort of thing, uh, come on out to my Facebook page, John Riley Project. You check me out on Twitter. If you're watching on YouTube, you know, click on the subscribe button. We'd love having more subscribers. Um, if you could leave a review on, um, on Apple Podcasts, um, if you think we deserve it, a five-star review, leave a paragraph. That's always really helpful in growing our audience. And of course, you can sign up for our mailing list at John Riley Project slash Subscribe, johnreillyproject.com slash subscribe. Um, got a couple of interesting closing quotes. The first one, you're not going to believe I'm quoting. Angelina Jolie makes her debut on the John Riley Project. And her quote is, anytime I feel lost, I pull out a map and stare. I stare until I have reminded myself that life is a giant adventure. So much to do. And to see. And I'm like, ah, it's perfect. That's exactly what I just went on. And then, of course, I got to quote Bilbo Baggins from The Lord of the Rings. It's the dangerous business, Frodo, going out your door. Um, You step into the road, and if you don't keep your feet, there's no telling where you might be swept off to. And that's what I did. I went on my own little adventure. So hope you enjoyed this episode. This is episode number 115 of The John Riley Project talking about electric cars, talking about adventures, talking about Airbnb. So I hope you liked it. Um, I'll be coming back at you with some more episodes. But until then, thanks, friends. We'll see you later. Bye-bye.